0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to pro wrestling nation i of course am your host my name is funky sam medina Um, i'm super excited to bring this episode to you uh because you uh you're gonna hear a really fun interview that i had with former nxt superstar uh then known as cal bishop but now known as grizzly cal jack that's right you guys i talked to the grizz cal jack Uh, He took some time from roaming the indie scene uh, to sit down and talk to me, and it was a really fun interview. Uh, We talked about everything from his uh, wrestling in his college days to uh, being in NXT, uh, talking to Dusty Rhodes, uh, to what he's doing now, to to what he's up to these days. Uh, It was really fun. It was really cool. Uh, I really appreciate uh, uh, Grizz taking some time out of his busy schedule to talk to Funky Sam Medina. And, uh, you know, laid down some, uh, some wrestling knowledge on us, on us folks, on us folks, you guys, on us folks, um, before we get into that, uh, let's get into some other stuff, you guys, let's get into some other stuff, I want to talk about some wrestling news, uh, what's been happening on the wrestling news, uh, the, I, uh, the, uh, Inspiration, the formerly Iconics, uh, have been, have been, uh, announced to debut on bound for glory they're going to be an impact they're going to be in tna they're going to uh they're going to be a bound for glory they're going to take on jessica havoc and rosemary for the women's the knockout tag team titles and it's been really fun and hopefully uh the uh, i want to call them the iconics i want to call them the iconics i feel like uh the inspiration inspiration it just doesn't have a ring to it you know there's just no ring there's no ring to it like iconic Uh, It was way better, but uh, I guess we'll see what they do. I'm super excited to see what they do. Uh, I've been wanting to see where they're going to go, what they're going to do for a while now, and it looks like they're going to settle into uh, Impact Wrestling and some Bound for Glory, and I'm super excited about that, you guys. I kind of wish they went to AEW, but I guess that's what everybody's doing these days. Uh, Everybody's going to AEW. Uh, Let's see what else happened recently. The WWE had a draft. Uh, The WWE had a draft. Uh, Gable Stevenson. The, uh, the big uh, NCAA college uh, champion, the NCAA champion uh, in wrestling, uh, got drafted to Raw. He was just signed about a month ago. So we'll see what happens. You know, he's a world-class athlete. Uh, he knows what he's doing, I guess. They know what they're doing, I guess. I hope they know what they're doing. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be really fun. Uh, one thing that was crazy was uh, a lot of people were upset that Chad Chad Gable... No, that's not right. Uh, Gable Stevenson got drafted because he just got signed like a month ago. And it was like, he didn't go to NXT. He didn't go to NXT. And who decided to shut the critics up? Who was it that shut up the critics? That wanted to just tell the critics to shut up? I'll tell you who. It was NXT superstar. I guess he got drafted to SmackDown now. uh, From the hit row. From hit row. uh, Top dollar, Top dollar. you guys. I saw this tweet. That this Facebook page, you know, whatever wrestling Facebook page that they that they shared a tweet of Top Dollar from uh Hit Row, and it was like, Hey, Chad Gable, uh, I keep calling him Chad Gable, Gable Stevenson is a world class athlete. You guys get off his ball sack or whatever. I don't know, you know. He said something he thought his opinion mattered. Um, Top Dollar, and then I see underneath Top Doll, I see AJ Francis, and I'm like, no, no. Don't tell me this guy is A.J. Francis. Look, if you don't know, WWE has a show and it's called WWE's Most Wanted Treasures or WWE's Hidden Treasures or WWE Begs People for the Treasures. I don't know, something, right? A.J. Francis is the guy that goes from town to town. So Triple H will like call it Mick Foley, right? He'll say, hey, Mick, uh, let's talk about some iconic things from your career. And they look for stuff. They look for stuff. Like, they'll find, like, three things that, that they want. Like, for example, Booker T wanted to find uh, a specific robe that he had, like a like a robe when he was King Booker, right? He wanted to find uh, something else. I don't remember. And he wanted to find the old television title. Those are what Booker T wanted to find from his career, right? So A.J. Francis, he'll travel with the superstar. He'll go with Booker T. He'll go with The Undertaker. He'll go with um, whatever, right? He'll go. He'll go with Mick Foley and he'll go to people's collections or he'll go to like fans, collectors, Bill Apter kane's house like whatever right undertaker storage locker and they'll they'll beg for stuff uh, uh, aj francis will beg for stuff he'll lowball people there's this one episode where they're trying to get something from kane and aj francis is like oh i'll give you two thousand dollars for it and undertaker's like yo bro like i'm so embarrassed that's such a lowball i can't believe i just came with you and you, you just lowball him like that right in front of me like aj francis they call him top dollar top dollar more like lowballa you know, AJ Francis, low balla. I'm going to make a sign next time I go to a show. and say top dollar, more like low balla. I like that, you guys. Low balla. Okay. Um, enough about the low balla guy, top dollar, low balla, you know, whatever. Same thing, right? Complete opposite AJ Francis. Uh, you don't even do justice to AJ. AJ Styles is like way cooler than you. Um, Oh man, what else? What else do I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about anything else before uh, I kick it over to my interview? Uh, I'm having uh, computer troubles. Uh, my computer restarted on me and totally corrupted the file. So I'm hoping this works. I'm hoping this works. Uh, so the computer does not corrupt the file. Let's, let's, let's hope. Let's hope that the computer does not corrupt the file again. Because uh, that sucks. I had to redo the whole thing. I had a really cool little, little, little intro that I decided to, to put out there. After I, you know, deleted five intros before that. Uh, what else is happening? Uh, we went to Eureka. I, I recorded this interview last week. Uh, and then we went to Eureka. We went way up north uh, to the uh, Savage Henry Comedy Festival. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. It was like three days just full of comedy. Uh, comedians, uh, comedy shows, uh, everything. Just living, eating, breathing, sleeping comedy. You know, and I'm super happy about it. I loved it. Uh, I wanted to get, I want to get booked on more shows, I like, I like, have the itch, I have the fever, like, oh my gosh, I just love it, I miss it so much, uh, so book me, book me, book me, you know, I just want to get booked, come on, if you're listening to this, book me for something, I'll do comedy in your town, I swear, I'll I'll say something funny, I'll be like, top dollar, like low baller, you know, like, I can do it, I can be funny, you guys, I, I can, I swear. All right, I'm going to get this out of here. I'm going to kick it over to my interview that I had with Cal Jack. Uh, we talked about a lot of fun, cool stuff. Uh, if I haven't mentioned it earlier, I might have, but I don't remember. I recorded this so many times. Follow me on Twitter at PWN Podcast. Follow your awesome host on Twitter at uh, Funky San Medina. And, you know, I I do Instagram, I do TikTok, I do Venmo, all at Funky San Medina. So hit me up. I'm your boy. I will uh, respond. I will follow you back. If you send me a payment, I will like it. I will like it. Um, If you send me a payment on Venmo, I will like it. I'll put the little heart next to it. I will like it. At Funky San Medina. All right, you guys, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go to my interview that I had with Cal Jack. It was a lot of fun, and I uh, hope to see you guys very, 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 very soon. Thank you. Peace. Most
1: people have the wrong impression about the World Wrestling Federation. We're a non-violent form of entertainment. We never use sex to enhance our image. Yeah. As athletes, we understand the importance of being positive role models. We're good wholesome. Fim. Entertainment. We're trying to make the world a better place for mankind. WWF Attitude.
0: Get it? Welcome back to Pro Wrestling Nation. I am still your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina. I am here with professional wrestler, former NXT star, known as Cal Bishop, but now known as Grizzly Cal Jack. How you doing, Cal? Yo, Sam.
1: Funky Sam. Thanks for having me, bud.
0: Hell yeah, man! Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you absolutely hell yeah um so you know i kind of want to get into a little bit of your career and stuff and what you've been up to um but i guess before we do that how's how's things going now how's life post-pandemic
1: it (laughs) not easy um (laughs) i think everyone did not have a great pandemic nor are they i don't know if they're having the best pandemic either i mean i guess it's up for interpretation but right uh it could be better it could be better but you got to make the most of the, what you got for sure. So uh, I'm not going to complain too much about it.
0: You know, that's cool. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you getting back out there and wrestling and stuff now?
1: Trying to, um, any opportunities I get, I'm going to take, you know, if it fits me. So yeah.
0: Cool. Cool. Hell yeah. I, I, I know what you mean though. Cause like, uh, you know, before the pandemic I was like doing comedy, like two or three times a night, you know, and now I've done it maybe, uh, six times this year, seven times this year, something like that. So. Yeah, no, I know the feeling. I know the.
1: Feeling. Yeah, it's it's hard getting uh, bookings and stuff, you know, just with the restrictions and people that want to get vaxxed and people that don't want to get vaxxed and where promoters stand on that and yeah, it's uh it's a slippery slope to say the least. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to get what I can. You know, I figured 2022 is kind of the year I'm looking at more importantly for pro wrestling. 2021. It's just kind of a filler year. Two thousand twenty was nothing.
0: So. Yeah, erased. Nobody even remembers it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> remember last year, <laughs> twenty nineteen? Was, a was good that? Yeah, oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I remember twenty nineteen. It was pretty good. That was good and one. then two thousand. I don't remember two thousand
0: twenty. No, the first couple months were good, but uh, yeah, well downhill from there. Well, uh, okay, so um, I guess let's go way back. Like, how did you? Uh, how did you discover and fall in love with professional wrestling?
1: Uh, I was a. Uh, i I was thinking more or less a fairweather fan growing up i wasn't like a hardcore pro wrestling aficionado like a lot of people are uh i mean i only saw what was on tv i didn't really know much about like japanese style wrestling or lucha libre um until they introduced it to wwf yeah and then as i got older i kind of focused more on like amateur wrestling and um a lot of the wrestling i did as a kid was that night during monday night raw and stuff and <laughs> yeah. you know so it was hard to, it was hard to watch you know as a kid my parents weren't against it, it just it was hard for me to like kind of watch it just because i was on that west coast time oh. um and then i didn't really get more into it until i was in college when uh i was getting recruited to do pro wrestling then i started to really like fall in love with it more and more and then once i got signed with developmental and wwe and NXT, that's when my passion for it like really became a thing
0: so, so where did your passion for amateur wrestling come from
1: my dad my dad was a, a collegiate wrestler
0: and oh wow I didn't yeah
1: so i was kind of forced into doing it no matter what so and he actually had a few friends and a few guys he competed against that were um pro wrestlers Oh, like he took cool. on Dr. Death. He wrestled Dan Severin. He used to be training partners with Gary Albright. So he uh, he actually knew quite a few pro wrestlers in his day.
0: Some of the toughest guys in the business. For sure. Hell yeah, that's cool. I did not know that you were kind of following your dad's footsteps and doing uh, collegiate wrestling. I knew that you well, were... Well, I had no choice. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> he, You're let's doing- say I followed his
1: footsteps, but he had a leash on me. So I was getting dragged <laughs> along doing
0: it. You were in his footsteps. <laughs> yeah. I was
1: being dragged in his footsteps.
0: Hell yeah! Did you? So you said you grew up in California. Um, yep. Uh, I think you're. Are you out of Sacramento right now? Uh, um, well, right now I live in Vegas. Oh, you live in Vegas? Okay. Well, yeah,
1: Vegas is home right now. Where did you grow um, up? Where
0: did you grow up in? I grew up
1: in Vacaville, okay. which is between Sacramento and San Francisco.
0: I just asked because I'm a, I'm a California boy, Bay Area boy myself. There you go, dude. Yep. Grew up going to APW, and I, I know you've been there and stuff. So yep. That, yep. Yeah. Um, so when you were doing the the collegiate wrestling, did you have like pro wrestling? In the back of your mind or it was just nothing at all well when
1: i was a sophomore in college uh, i met jerry briscoe and he was the one that kind of pushed me in that direction and then also like my college one of my college coaches was a huge pro wrestling fan so he thought i'd be good at it and then when he saw jerry briscoe at like our, our conference tournament pac-12s he um he introduced me to jerry and then jerry's like you know i hey, I like you kid you got some personality you got a good look so um it's my best jerry Driscoll impression and that's hey, no, good. Uh,
0: good i like it
1: yeah and so he's just like you know you become an all-american you know you got a better chance to get signed with wwe so <laughs> i had some incentive to be an all-american in college with the uh, opportunity to work for wwe
0: wow that's super cool so jay briscoe just happened to be there you just happened to meet him
1: no he was recruiting um at the time jerry would recruit college like bigger guys and college wrestlers like, to yeah. do trials with those guys so he yeah he was looking at two other guys but he i caught his eye so yeah, that's pretty cool
0: that is really cool hell yeah um what was the transition like to go from uh the collegiate amateur wrestling to uh being signed to WWE De- developmental
1: it was your you have to keep in mind that, like, you have to hit a reset because that world, a lot of the people that get into pro wrestling, that they had the time, they either had a very light career in amateur wrestling or they just didn't do it at all. They were just lifelong pro wrestling fans. And so, like, they don't know what, to them, All-American can mean anything because I was an All-American in college. So, it... That was kind of a process on like kind of being more humble when you get signed. I didn't have an ego or anything like a lot of guys do. I was just, you know, I kept my mouth shut, my ears open. Um, But you definitely, you you definitely, it's like reinventing the wheel for sure because, you know, you have to show charisma and character and you have to be able to be somewhat decent public speaking and you just have to have a personality lucky enough i do have somewhat of a personality at least i think i do so i was able to kind of get through with that and then just you know it's it's a marathon you know you have to learn everything in steps on what it takes to be a pro wrestler especially for those guys i mean you know some kids pick it up quick and some uh some it takes forever and it's they really judge you based on your learning curve but i was i'd say i was in the medium i didn't pick up super fast but I didn't pick it up super slow, so I would. I was definitely in the medium as far it's as like, yeah, what about
0: you as Cal uh, Briscoe? You know, you would have been able to do the accent on TV, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like a lot of people, um, from different sports from outside of professional wrestling that get recruited in, if they get you know the yaks or whatever they get released, uh, a lot of them don't continue with pro wrestling, and you have. So, at what point did you kind of fall in love with it?
1: It's a really good question, I think you know obviously it's like you get let go you know people have a bitterness towards pro wrestling they have a different like thought and feeling towards it you know i've seen plenty of guys that get let go and they're like well this isn't for me i i kind of know what they how they treat us i don't want to go back there i had a totally different attitude about it i'm like i didn't think i i definitely didn't think i had a fair shake but i kind of you know i get hit with the injury bug so there's really not a whole i could do about it but I definitely felt I had a lot more to offer than what was presented to me or what I presented to them. So yeah. Yeah. to me, it was like, I should, I want to pursue this. And, you know, the one thing that people have to know about pro wrestling, it's not a fair business, no matter how hard you think you work and whatnot. It's just, you, it, you got to get the right opportunity at the right time. And luck plays a huge part in that. So for me, it, it was the process of kind of being on my own not having that pressure of of an office behind you kind of micromanaging your every movement and more or less you have the freedom to kind of create and figure out what kind of wrestler you do want to be and it's it's an open forum in the indies if you make the right friends and you make the right connections of people that will tell you what does and what doesn't work so i didn't really fall in love with it till like maybe my second uh year in the independent scene after i got let go
0: Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. So did you uh did you feel like you got something to prove kind of because
1: absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you, I mean I, I definitely talked about this a lot on other podcasts about like the when I got let go, that experience really put a fat chip on my shoulder. I mean, I have the scar to prove it for sure. Um, you know, when someone says to you, we don't think he his body can handle how tough this business is, I'm like, you can kiss my ass. I know how hard it is. And, I totally can handle it. So yeah. that definitely inspired me to keep going.
0: Hell yeah. That's cool, man. That's hella mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, so the first time I heard of you, uh, the WWE, they're still doing it to this day where they announced, hey, we got a new batch of signees. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, Clayton Jack, uh, NXT, or I'm sorry, NCAA, uh, All-American, uh, going to go by the name of Cal Bishop. Cal Bishop. And I remember going, what? Clayton Jack's a way better than Cal Bishop. I didn't but pick that name. <laughs> Yeah, I, I bet not. Uh, how did the name come about?
1: So, like, I don't – the names they pick for that type of thing, just it doesn't sit well with a lot of guys. And I don't know, like – I mean, you get the opportunity to write down a bunch of names. And they kind of put the X on names they think they want to use for you. Or not. And there's sometimes, like, you'll put down a name that you really like they don't pick it, but then they might give that guy that name, and you're like, "Why the fuck does he get?" I don't know if you can curse or anything.
0: No, you're good. Uh, you good.
1: Okay, I don't know why. Why does this guy get that name? But I don't get that name. Why you think he? It's, it's just a weird, weird process. Um, you know, here's a, here's an example. I think they pick Cal because I'm from California. Oh, and and I think in the the bishop part, the bishop thing was kind of a joke because. Um, one of the guys that I was, you know, friends with ended up being roommates with was we were like trying to think of names for me. And he said Bishop, because there's that X-Men character named Bishop. Mm, yeah. And that's how that came about. So I, was like, I guess I'll just put Bishop down. And it came down to like three names that uh, they they had for me. Um, one was Cal Carson, <laughs> which I just I was like I just don't know about that I couldn't I couldn't go with Cal Carson uh the one that's funny that I that actually I kind of regret I should just took it and said whatever to anybody was Biff Bishop
0: oh that would have been pretty cool
1: I know you know this I kind of I kind of kicked myself in the in the leg for, or I don't know what the thing is but I kind of kicked myself in the ass for this one because Ricky the dragon Steamboat was one of the coaches and he said he liked that name and you know i was like oh yeah you know and maybe i thought about it but they put stars next to cal bishop and at the time you know bill demont was the coach and i know bill there's a lot of opinions out on bill but i didn't have any problems with him bill liked the name cal bishop so he kind of more or less picked the name so i kind of got stuck with it
0: okay okay yeah. that's cool uh was biff based off of the back to the future character
1: you that's what i thought biff tandem um uh, i don't know i i just put biff down i think i that was the joke I, <laughs> you know there's just bishop was kind of a joke because i was like sure they're not going to pick that and i just put biff because i was just running out of ideas <laughs> and then that was the one that came up was biff bishop nice. so that's what, you know so i, I could have like, been uh... biff bishop
0: He could have been, yeah.
1: But here's another one that really bothered me that I should I should because like you know who um when I was there at the time was with Sawyer Fulton who goes by Madman Fulton now. He almost could have had the name Dude Haskins. Oh wow! And I could have if I would have been like Dude Bishop, that would have been I kind of or Dude Cal or something, that would have been so funny. I would have been totally down to be like. The dude.
0: the dude of the next <laughs> The dudes. That would have been pretty cool. It would have been great. Hell yeah. Uh I was gonna say, I feel like uh, Carson, what was it? Cal Carson? I Cal think. Carson. Sounds like a football player.
1: Sounds like a – I looked it up. There there is a there's a professional snowboarder named Cal Carson. Sorry about that. It's my air conditioning. Or my air freshener. Um yeah, there's a professional snowboarder named Cal Carson, or it just sounds like a NASCAR driver. Yeah, like just, Cal Noton, like Cal Naughton Jr. or something.
0: Just a regular ass dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Cal Bishop's better than Cal Carson for sure. Cal Carson, hell yeah. So, would uh, when you joined NXT was 2014? Is that right? I was there um,
1: January 26 of 2013? 2013. 2013.
0: Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. So when you when you joined NXT, I feel like they were still kind of finding themselves a little bit. Kind of. As- absolutely. What they were and what they were all about, and yeah. it developed into something pretty incredible. Uh, but at the time, you know, it was still finding itself. Um, what was it like for you just kind of being in that environment?
1: Well, you know, I didn't know much about the, the like at first, it was like a game show,
0: yeah, yeah, and then
1: they were just pulling wrestlers from that were out of um, SCW Florida Championship Wrestling. Cause that's where, that's what the developmental was. And then before that it was deep South. And then before that was OVW. So they were really in the weird transitional period of finding a way to develop new talent. So I came in right at the heels of um, FCW because we were still um, coming out of that arena in Tampa.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. So I was still somewhat part of the FCW group. And then, um, then after that, NXT just started, like, maybe a few months before I came in. Like, Big E, I was, like, my first NXT show was when Bo Dallas, no, it wasn't my first, maybe it was. Yeah, it was when Bo Dallas beat uh, Big E for the NXT title. So, that kind of gives you, like, a rough estimate of, like, yeah, rough, my first yeah. time there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And then, yeah, it was right around when Big E debuted it was when I showed up. With like Ziggler, AJ, and um, yeah, so
0: did you uh, did you get to like know Biggie a little bit and work with him and stuff before he went up?
1: I met him at a Walmart randomly with a <laughs> couple of guys in the Walmart parking lot, and I think I made a joke like, "Yeah, if you want to find me, I'll be here in this parking lot." And then I think he, he <laughs> chuckled, but yeah. So I, I think I've only met him like a handful of times.
0: What do you think about him being WWE champion? That's
1: great. It, I like that because he's a dude that doesn't have any family relation ties relationship or anything to the business. Like, you know, he has a really cool story. Like he didn't have any independent wrestling experience before coming in. He was a college athlete playing football at Iowa. Um, just he was, a, he, he wrestled for football and he has a really cool story. So to see him become a WWE champion is really. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. I bet it's a
0: dream come true for him. That's awesome. Oh, for sure. Uh, what was it like working with, uh, like you said, Ricky the Dragon's team? But was there? I'm sure there was a bunch of legends kind of coaching you guys. Uh, how how was that?
1: Um, I mean, it was cool having him. Um, it was great having like Dusty oh, Rhodes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it was cool having like. Uh, I mean, I could go off a list of all the coaches. I mean, we had Terry Taylor was more like the more experienced guys. We had um, Billy Gunn was a coach, which was fun. Demont obviously, Norman Smiley was great. Um, a lot of people really love Norman. Robbie Brookside's a great coach. I really enjoyed uh, Nick Densmore. He was a fun coach to have. Eugene. Uh, I mean, I think there's there's quite a few I'm probably forgetting, but yeah, those those coaches are great. I had a blast with them. And like Ricky German Stevo was my like first coach for the first three months and he was really into it but like they were kind of iffy with him getting in the ring trying stuff because they were kind of worried with his age so he was only there for a couple months when i was there and then they switched him to a legends deal so he his uh, obligations to coach kind of went out the window so i only had him for a little bit and then he left which is kind of a bummer
0: so was ricky doing like the beginner stuff
1: he kind of they would mix it up they we would have some classes were just plain beginners and some were just like beginners but then kind of guys that are like at a medium level so we i mean man we i remember one of the classes we had was like you know it was was like really good guys running and then me and they just just to kind of like work it learn as you go kind of a scenario with a lot of the developmental talent because there were guys that had know a couple decades or almost you know a little over a decade of experience for us in there you know and me i had time like maybe a month so
0: yeah 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 and i heard about you know people like finn Balor and kevin owens and stuff who had like you said over a decade of experience but they come in and they're sitting in the beginners class because that's just what they do there i guess
1: yeah
0: yeah uh you mentioned dusty roads you know dusty roads is definitely legendary uh, NXT kids, you know, Dusty's kids and stuff. Was he doing uh promo class when you were there?
1: Yeah, I had him as a promo coach up until the day he passed away, which is crazy enough.
0: Oh, you were still there when he passed away? Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, I, you know,
1: I went to his funeral.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So I was, I mean, from 2013 to I think like 2000 the summer of 2015, right before he passed, you know, he was, he was coaching, he was working. He was um, always giving feedback to everybody.
0: What was the day uh, in his promo class? Like,
1: so we'd have like a beginner's class, which I would love to do promo class right now because I would blow that shit out of the water. <laughs> yeah. uh, it'd be so much better. Poor kid, poor, poor young boy, Cal. Uh, he just did not know how to do promo stuff when he was first there um it was it was a definitely a working working progress but uh i mean you show up it's nerve-wracking it's it's worse than having a match i i remember being so anxious and nervous um going to promo class because like you know if you're not good or used to public speaking you're you're really you're, you're really vulnerable up there you know, and you're, you're under a lot of criticism, no matter what. So your goal every time is if you hit this and this is this promo class is so much different. I'm sure now than it was then because promo class back then was if you presented like this great character, this something that they can, you know, sink their teeth into, they would use you on TV. So like you really have to show up for promo class, which is nerve. If you don't have anything, if you can't think of anything, um, or you can't give a reason why you deliver this promo. They it's just, it's not fun. It's it sucks. So uh it, we'd show up and like we'd have beginner class, then we have like a medium class, and then we have the more advanced kids who are on TV all the time. So beginner class is like you just trying to find your voice, trying to figure out your character and stuff. Medium class are guys that probably do regular shows and stuff, but they're still trying to pinpoint their character. And then the more advanced class are guys that have both the wrestling aspect down and the character down, or they have a direction on where their character is going to go. So it, there's definitely steps to um, what level you're at. So if you're like, but here's the thing, though, if you're been there for like a year, and you have yet to progress out of the beginners class. And let's say you've been throwing like the, the old saying, you throw enough shit against the wall, you see what sticks, like it's it's tough it was really hard to like to navigate through the waters to having like a set solid character that was something they could use to carry over
0: yeah no i bet it's definitely hard to build a character from scratch
1: yeah
0: it is you did it we'll get to that um so i guess next was uh breaking ground the little reality show they did yeah um did you uh, you know i'm sorry if you if uh, you know step on your toes or anything
1: oh it's it's been long fired? enough pal
0: did you actually get fired on that show yeah that was a shoot like and what we saw on tv was like that Whoa. was my actual reaction wow that's great. yeah yeah that's, that is that's insane because that's like i don't know i don't know but you know putting people's real life and be like you're getting fired on tv that's just that's nuts i can't believe i that.
1: just i once um once i saw those cameras i'm like i ain't selling shit i'm just gonna be chill about this because i'm yeah. sure they were hoping like
0: throw fit you know,
1: they something you know and i'm just like you know you more or less you see me doing this and <laughs> yeah you know, i'm just doing this and you know like i'm i'm <laughs> what's funny is like i'm not in the best shape either <laughs> so i'm like i you know I, don't, I can't it's hard because i've been on the shelf for a while and so I, I put on a lot of weight and i'm just like just like doing this and i'm trying and he's telling me like at this point in time i know i'm getting filmed and i'm like i just want to get the fuck out of here um so i just kind of like you know didn't say anything you know i just said okay fine and i just got up and left and he stood up the same time i stood up and i think he was expecting me to shake his hand which I'm like, I'm not shaking. I Like, thinking back, I'm like, I'm glad to just turn around and be like, hey, thank you for your time, sir. Fuck up, You know, I didn't think of that. I'm just like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know? And it's so funny because I've, I've talked to other guys about this, and they're like, oh, if it was me, I would have done that. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, sure. You know, me, I was just like, no, I'm getting filmed. They're using content for this. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm just going to nod my head and say yes and say bye. Um, Basically, like- yeah, yeah. I mean, what can you do? So that's kind of the way I took it. And it's not, it's definitely not a sore subject because it's you know, um, my anniversary of getting fired happened on October 9th. Oh, so uh, it's wow. coming up. We got four days for that, wow, and wow. yeah, that was uh, that was six years ago, man. Wow, six, six years feels ago. like
0: so much longer. I know a
1: it time, time. Sometimes, well, I feel like it's it, it's for me. It's gone by fast. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it really, didn't seem like it. Um, yeah, it didn't seem like it was like maybe just a couple of years ago. That's how fresh it feels in my head.
0: Yeah, so, well, you know, I guess it's a different perspective for me because you know I'm a fan, and people just kind of come and go a lot. Yeah, you know, and so there's been a million people fired since then.
1: <laughs> oh, I know, and but you know, I, at least I can say they filled my ass. So, <laughs> so. You know, that's that, that could mean something, and then having William Shatner narrate it is kind of cool, I guess.
0: Did you, uh, so you knew when you saw the cameras and you got called in the office, you kind of knew what was coming?
1: It well, what's funny is because like I was in the ring doing drills with our trainer, or, like our athletic trainer, who the one who works on us for like therapy and stuff. So she was just putting me through like a, a little training session, and the manager of the building, the kind of like the guy who just directs people to the office if something comes up. Uh, His name's Dave, and he came up to me, he's like, hey, we need you in the office for something. And so I'm thinking, oh, do I have to sign something? Like, Because you have to sign a license for certain states. And I remember during that day, there was guys signing license for like, I think like Kentucky or Tennessee, because that was stuff we had to do in the past. So I just assumed I was signing a license and so I just came in there kind of like with no expectations. So then when I came in, they guided me to the one of the conference rooms. Then I'm like, oh, I think I know what this is. And then it wasn't until he said, we're letting you go. And then you hear me go, what? And then right after that, what, that's when it it dawned on me. I'm like, okay, they're filming this. Because I noticed like a GoPro cam on the wall and then like a like a, a webcam deal I have right in front of me was on the table.
0: Oh, so it was a little more subtle. It wasn't just like a big old camera. No, it wasn't like a
1: bunch of people with cameras in the okay. room. So yeah, it was It was very small, subtle, like fly on the wall kind of stuff.
0: So you couldn't even, you may not even notice it, and you could have threw a fit and they would have been on TV.
1: Oh, absolutely. They would have, they probably would have loved that. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know? Yeah, they probably would have loved that. Yeah. So, um, like, what do you, what do you do? You leave the office? Like, what goes through your head? What's your next step in life?
1: Well, so I walk out and met, uh, Coach Bloom at the time, A-trained, he calls me in his office, so I'm like, okay, this is you know, I'm I kind of have so many things running through my head all at once. I didn't know what to like. I just didn't know. I was just, you, it, it. So I go in his office and I talk to him. And he, first thing he says, "There's no mics, there's no cameras in here or anything. It's just me and you." And I just remember, like, I, right when he said that, I go, "Bloom, if I would have known they would have done this shit, I would have never fucking agreed to it." And he goes, I know, me too. I would have, I would have not wanted the same thing for you. We had no idea this was going to happen, because it, it's not like it, the, it was the show and whoever the creative was that uh, were the ones in charge of everything. So the thing that gets me, but I don't know how they did the the editing stuff because what I'm trying to figure out. Did they film everybody before I got fired? Did they tell that I was getting fired and then told everyone? Or did they do that afterwards? Because I that's the part that kind of confuses me. Um oh, yeah,
0: because like talking about it afterwards. Yeah,
1: yeah. So and then they asked me to come back to like film a goodbye. Oh. And I said, fuck you guys, and hung up. Like, I'm not doing that.
0: Wow. Yeah, Matt Bloom doesn't like like a Down to earth guy
1: he's a genuine dude he he's a good dude um and he he had nothing to do with me getting released i mean and at at the end of the day if like they have to write a report on the process on how everyone's doing i mean they're putting money and time into a bunch of talent Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a machine and if you have a part of the machine that isn't turning and isn't working the way they want it to then they have to let you go that's just the nature of the beast so I like i understand that i just wasn't a fan of the departure i mean you could have not filmed get let go which you know it's like i don't want to have that stigma and really i haven't had that kind of stigma i don't know how many people followed it and watched it it never really it it maybe i don't know if like it's different because i can't i can only make assumptions that like it wasn't like a bunch of indie companies reached out to me after i got let go because you know there, was, there wasn't really a whole lot you can go off of with me and stuff. So yeah. I wasn't like a big grab for any other company after I got released.
0: That's true, because yeah. you, you were still kind of building your name and stuff at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds like the way you describe it, it almost sounds like they had a quota to cut people on TV and they have the list of people and go, okay, well, who can we let go? Sure, yeah. You know, so maybe if it wasn't the TV show, maybe you would have still been there, who knows?
1: It's tough to say. Um, it, it could have been like, well, we can let go of this guy and we can film it. You know, it, it's just, it's hard to say, you know, I don't know what their thought process was going into it. Um, I would like to think maybe it's just want to spur the moments deal or like, they just like, you know, Hey, we'll put them on a the show. And, It'll, for for viewers will fire them or something Yeah, who knows
0: reviews yeah yeah something like that that does sound kind of something like what it was because the network
1: was just going at that time
0: yeah it was super new uh, yeah. yeah don't worry not many people saw it <laughs>
1: there you go I, mean, I don't mind
0: they still yeah. don't have as many i mean they, i guess they sold the network now but they still yeah. don't have as many viewers as, as, uh subscribers as they wanted
1: sure yeah
0: yeah so uh so what do you do from there? you just start working in the Indies? Do you um, just kind of lay low for a few months and just come well, on?
1: Well, I made the foolish mistake of trying to, like, get back into collegiate or freestyle wrestling. And I just got my ass kicked by two guys who I would have probably – one of them I did smoke in college twice. And another guy I would have beaten in college. But, you know, <laughs> I tried to wrestle in this tournament and I just got my ass kicked, which is like, whatever. It takes. Mm-hmm. It takes longer than two months to get ready. Yeah. For a, a national tournament but that was an experience on its own and then from there i just kind of i didn't do a whole lot i did a little i didn't get into the indies until um i'm sure you you know the company like pro championship wrestling
0: oh yeah up there with mr primetime
1: yeah yeah so i got hit up by the co-owner of the place named taylor gregory and he found me on like Instagram and he's like, Hey man, it'd be cool if you like came and like, you know, rolled around and like give some of our guys advice on your experience in developmental. And I was like, sure. So I kind of went up there and just slow process. I'm getting back in the ring because it, the thing that kind of bothered me is like when they let me go, they never gave me a due date on um, when I was officially cleared. So it was super open-ended and uh, I and it's just dumb of me to even try to compete in that, that wrestling tournament, I really regret doing that. So I never really had an idea if and when I should, you know, pro-wrestle again. So it was, it was definitely like kind of a feeling out process for me in the independent scene. And then it was like a slow progression on uh, seeing how far, what my limits were in. Wrestling because it's like, like yeah, that shoulder surgery that I had. So it's just one of those scenarios, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? So going in the independent scene and just, you know, kind of a crisis of confidence, if I had to say, you know. So it was I didn't really start feeling the groove of it till um probably when I started kind of appearing more on APW. Right when I first started getting on APW, that's when things started picking up.
0: Hell yeah, APW is super awesome. Yeah. Uh, did you rest on the garage? I don't know. They left the garage at some point. Uh, did uh, you- I never
1: got to the I never was in the garage. I know all about the garage. I think I was a, a couple of years removed from it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think they left around that time, around the time you got signed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, I was in that garage so many times. It was such a fun place. Oh that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. APW. Um, when did you, uh, like, how'd you come up with your persona? Grizzly, uh, Jack. Um,
1: so I wanted to do something that kind of, it's like if they would ever bring me back, I can lean on this character if so the whole concept was, um, they questioned how tough I was. So it's like, well, what's, who's one are the toughest kind of people in the world are people that like just live on their own in the mountains and the woods that defend for themselves. So I thought of like having this wild mountain man character that I can play off of. And so once I got let go, I ran away to the mountains and just fend it for myself and I found a bear. I don't know if I killed it or not, but maybe I did. and I turned it uh, fur into my um, my entrance gear and um and then now now i reclaim my toughness so i came down from the mountains to beat the shit out of everybody
0: nice yeah, yeah.
1: so that's kind of the concept of the character so that's like the easiest way i can explain it
0: no that's cool that's cool did you really run to the mountains
1: <laughs> well i mean lake tahoe isn't far from where i live so sure
0: <laughs> why not why not yeah uh, how'd you come up with uh, Cal Jack? I know Jack's your your shoot last name, right?
1: I was, yeah. So everyone still kept calling me Cal. Okay, so you just... and so I was just like, well, if everyone still calls me Cal, I'll keep the Cal. And uh, just Bishop just wasn't feeling it. I was like, I'll just add my last name to it. I'll just spell it differently. And some people are with it. Some people aren't. I don't know. I kind of I like it because. At the time, Game of Thrones was popular. So, like, Cal Drogo, or even like the tie with Superman, Cal L. So, I just figured like Cal Jack kind of worked. Um, and then, like, the spelling, I'm like, well, I'm not going to put a C. I'll just put a K. And then the idea of like, well, there's no C's in my name because I'm not average. So. <laughs>
0: nice nice yeah um so then uh, at that point you were living near tahoe like you said uh you're just all up and down california
1: yeah that kind of just mainly did um just shots in norcal maybe once in a while in socal and then just like go to the pacific northwest every now and then um and then i really didn't start getting at least my name out there more until like um like blood sport and then once Bloodsport came in, then things started, you know, I guess I got more notice. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You got more notoriety from it too. Yeah. Nice. You mentioned APW. Uh, was Roland still around when you went to APW? Was um, passed away at that point. Oh, I never met. I never met him. I never met Roland. Yeah. Roland Alexander, Uh, super, super cool dude. Uh, He used to, you know, he founded and ran APW for many, many years. Yeah. Hell yeah! I, I've only heard
1: a lot of great things about him. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, I've oh, only heard
0: wonderful things about him too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I met him a few times. He's a su- super nice dude. Yeah, yeah. I never so. got a chance to meet him. Yeah. Um. So, what was it like going from being in NXT to kind of being on the independence?
1: Um. Kind of a lot less pressure.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. You when you're when you're in NXT, even when you do the house shows. Like you're getting feedback from the coaches that are, you know, booked that day to come watch the show and like help produce the matches. And then they'll be very honest with you, what they thought of that match, whether they liked it or not. And then after like the next, the following days we do like film study to like watch the matches back. And then they give you criticisms on things you could work on in all the matches. So it's, You know, it's really – doing the indies is, like, a lot less pressure because no one – even if it was a shit match, most people are going to tell you it was good, you know, or they're not going to say anything negative. So you really come out not – you kind of – you do – There's I can see why guys want to stay in the the indies because, you know, they they get their egos rubbed more. So they they have more of that um, satisfaction because they're not getting critiqued by every little thing they're doing. So that's kind of the difference between like the indies and developmental.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um what about like TV? Uh so at NXT, I know they teach you like to work for the cameras and things like that. Has that helped you uh in the independent scene?
1: Well, it definitely keeps you mindful of awareness okay. But I will say that like if you're in the indies, like you don't necessarily have that hard cam. I mean, some promotions promote it, you know, but for the most, for the majority of the time it's, there is no hard cam. So that gives you opportunity to get the whole crowd involved, whether, you know, you try to play on all sides. So to me, I don't think it really matters. You know, obviously if you're an indie wrestler and your aspirations is to work television style matches, then you really need a, Project towards that hard cam as much as possible. But for like the indies, it's like, you know, people come to be entertained. So you want to make sure that you're hitting all sides of the ring to entertain everybody.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And then if there's a camera, it's usually probably moving around, you know, somebody's holding it and just walking. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, So do you think you would ever uh, go back to WWE or NXT?
1: Well, I mean, I can't say too much. I mean, there. I've heard rumblings, but I, that's as far as I could say. Um, I mean, I think at this point, every company definitely knows of me and knows my name for sure. So, uh, I've said this in the past: to other shows and stuff I've done. It's like the ball's in their court. If they want to use me, I'm not easy. I'm not hard to find. So, it's it's literally up to them. I mean, so if they want to use me, sure. If not. It's up, you know, it's whatever, you know, I have talked to a few people and just, who knows, you know, it, I'm starting to learn more and more that. Like, if you draw on that kind of stuff, you kind of miss what your goals are because you can't assume that you're going to get signed because if you keep making those assumptions, you're, you're the chances of making it is just, it's it's hard. So you're just going to more or less, you're just going to follow a weird depression So, more or less, you kind of have to take every match one at a time. And you can't assume that this is the match that's going to make or break you. And I think a lot of guys tend to do that. I know I've definitely done that. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Um, We'll just have to wait and see. But if they came to me, sure. I mean, if AEW came to me, sure. So, uh, you just kind of have to be open to whatever opportunities come your way. It could be impact. Who knows? Maybe Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah, yeah. For New
1: yeah. Japan. I don't know.
0: But you're right, though. Like, like in comedy, you know, it's the same thing in wrestling. It's like, you have to live for the now. You can't live for the, the next match or the next show or what's going to happen. You have to, like, just focus on what you're doing in that moment.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So what do you have coming up? you have anything uh, coming up? or you have any future plans?
1: Well, I think I wanted to take the fall and winter pretty light uh, for the rest of this year. I mean, we're going to holiday season. Um, I have a couple things, but I'm not seeking. Because at this point in time, every promotion is pretty much set until the end of the year. So, uh, for me, it was tough because I was, wasn't was sure if, you know, what my plans were going to be, you know. So, I'm hoping that – um I'm hoping 2022 is a more progressive year in the sense of like where there's more progress and just bookings and just wrestling Not and like i like i posted online not too long ago you know i i love living in vegas but i moved to vegas for the purpose of it's cheaper living it, the, i live really close to the airport it's it's just simpler than norcal is great and all but it's just it's a very expensive area to live and it's the prices to fly in and out of that area it's, it's high so i like living in vegas because flights are really cheap it's inexpensive and you know it doesn't take much to get me anywhere
0: yeah no that's that's very true and then like you said you're close to the airport so if you get a book and you just hop on a plane you're gone yeah exactly hell yeah hell yeah so uh what do you do when you're not wrestling you have any hobbies or anything
1: well, I, other than working out and then training at the Super Beast compound, you know, I, I coach kids wrestling quite a bit. Oh, wow. Yeah, I do that often. I uh, took a little break from it, but I gonna probably start up doing that again. Come because uh, kids wrestling doesn't really start until like after Halloween. That's kind of the only way I can explain it. Like once that uh, late summer, fall ends for football, the kids come back and start wrestling. So I'll probably start doing that a little bit, and then before that, I was substitute teaching, so I might start doing that again. But really, it's just coaching and just wrestling training. But I mean, we'll see. uh, We'll see what we'll see what I come up with. The
0: the kids got to the kids got to come back after Halloween and work off that candy. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So you're teaching like uh, kids amateur wrestling and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What's the age ranges of your of your classes?
1: Oh, six to eighteen.
0: Wow. Even younger than
1: that, maybe five. I've had a couple four-year-olds.
0: Wow. Yeah. You get a sense of like, like, um, what's the word? Just like accomplishment, I guess, because you're kind of molding these young and these young people um into something that you love.
1: It's there's gratification in the sense of like you showing a move or you you're coaching a kid and they pick up what you're putting down. I mean, and the thing is at that age. You know, you don't want it to be a chore for them. You want it to be a fun activity for them to do, because if you overexpose them to the sport, they're going to get more burnt out. So Mm -hmm. the goal is just to make them love it. Mm -hmm. And then they can from there, once they love the sport, then let them learn it, learn from it as much as possible, because you learn something new about it every day.
0: Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you're still learning too.
1: absolutely You never. I never I'm trying never to stop learning the moment. I haven't all figured out. Is need to step out from it? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I feel the same way about comedy. You know. Yep. I, I've been doing it for over ten years. I'm still learning it every day. I work security at a comedy club, uh, not because I need the money. Well, I do, but um, because I get to talk to the headliners and and pick their brains and learn a little bit about my craft and what I love to do. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Cool man. Well, hey, um, thank you very much. You want to? You have anything else? you want to add? You want to talk about anything else? Um.
1: You know, next week. Um at the loss in Las Vegas here at the dark arts presents monster mash. I'm taking on a super beast. Oh, wow. And that's going to be a fun match. Him and I've gone at it a bunch of times and it's going to be another great match between him and I. And since you're in the Bay area, uh, I will be in the Bay area in December for uh PPW on uh, December 3rd. So if you're in the, if you're in Petaluma, or at least by there, December third, we're uh, making a return at the Phoenix Theater.
0: Oh, speaking of the Bay Area, um, you were in Hood Slam a few times. Oh yeah, I've always been kind of intimidated to go to Hood Slam. I've never been. What's What's it like at Hood Slam?
1: Um, it's it's its own thing, man. I I <laughs> really I, I I think since you're a comedian, they definitely do have a lot of things that they've got good material, man. I would say go. I wouldn't be intimidated by any means. It's just a fun show unless, like, unless that kind of atmosphere doesn't fit your jam, then it's really open to whoever. But I I love that slam. I know um, it's just a fun show, and they they have have their following. They have their people that come and just really enjoy it. And um, the guys over at Stoner U and Dark Sheet do a really good job of, like, promoting and getting people super interested. I mean, they're all really great guys. So, I mean, they had they, they talent, make it to WWE. Like you look at Shotzi, Shotzi came from Hood Slam. Yeah. You look at, at Mansour, Mansour came from Hood Slam.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, yeah, Manny Faberino started at Stoner U. And he, um, yeah, Mansour is a Stoner U student first. I
0: thought WWE came in Saudi Arabia.
1: <laughs> yeah you think that but no he's from he's from the bay area <laughs> that's cool
0: Hell yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome uh yeah i've always been intimidated because it just it just seems super rowdy you know it just seems like a sure. super rowdy super crowd and uh you know whatever but yeah i do want to check it out one of these days yeah absolutely
1: i think they're going to have a show in november
0: nice nice
1: first friday i'm not exactly sure what the location is because i think something happened with the old the metro building um i don't think they go out of there anymore but last show they did i saw clips of it. It looked fantastic so uh all those guys are really happy that hood slams back so oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy for them i mean i'd love to. i don't know when i let's see december 3rd i think that's a show if they have a first friday show probably 2022 i'd hope to get on one I, you know I'm buddies with all those guys
0: yeah yeah that'd be super cool well, at least hope that APW
1: makes a return.
0: I do, too. I do, yeah. too. Yeah, I haven't been to APW in a long time, and if they returned, I would definitely be down to go back and uh, have some fun and chant some stuff and yell at people and have a good time.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, but you want to plug in social media?
1: Yeah. I mean, just follow Cowjack wherever. You know, it's just I think the spelling's most important. People get confused on that. Spell K-A-L-J-A-K. There's no Cs in my name. You know, Sam, do you know why there's no Cs?
0: Because these are for weak people.
1: Yeah, it's average. Yeah, and I'm not average. I'm not a C average.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. No,
1: I'm, We're honorable, pal. So uh just just type cowjack, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'll just plug those two things. And then, like, go on pro-snts.com and buy my shirts. I have the best shirts. I really do. I really do have the best shirts. So if you just go pro-snts.com slash cowjack, K-A-L-J-K, uh yeah, check out my merch. You buy them, look at them, or don't. Do whatever you choose.
0: <laughs> I'll definitely go check them out. I'll definitely go check them out, man. Uh thank you very much. It's been it's been really fun talking to you.
1: Hey, thanks you for having me, bud.